This is Many Lamps in the Room, a podcast by and for New City Church in Vienna, Virginia. This week, Mark and I will continue our discussion on prayer. Before we get to that, however, we always like to start our podcast with a brief discussion about the catechism question from this Sunday's liturgy. Question 20 of the New City Catechism asks, who is the Redeemer? The only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin himself. There is no one else Mm. except for Christ. Mm. And it's not your money. Mm. It's not your education. It's not what political party you align yourself with. You know, it's not your children. Mm. It's none of that. Mm. None of these things will redeem you. Mm. And I think, again, like most people wouldn't necessarily practically say yes. Mm. That's true. Mm. Because for many, I think functionally speaking, it's just they continue to work at things and they continue to do things and say things in the hopes that these things will redeem them Mm. and make them valuable, make them powerful or make them in the eyes of others yeah successful whatever it might be we look for redemption in our idols right yeah and and that's what ends up being right like we just have so many idols you uproot one idol and then you find another yeah and this can be a good way to talk about idols with kids too (laughs) you know i think to go further in that discussion with idols that when you look at characters and stories or people in the news or maybe even people in in your own life that you might be whatever discussion comes up yeah you know to ask them what do you think this person is looking for redemption in yeah where do you feel like they're hoping for redemption Mm -hmm. if they've made a mistake how are they trying to recover from it are Mm -hmm. they just working extra hard right are they trying to surround themselves with the right people Mm mm-hmm Right? Are they trying to present themselves in a certain way? Yeah. Dave Shulker, he has this quote, I think, in his home, like in a, but it's this idea that you contributed nothing to your salvation mm. except for the sin that oh. made it, made you require that salvation, yeah. right? I'm trying to think who said that. Jonathan Edwards. Oh, Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. But for many people, I think there is this part where they might say, yes, I don't. I can't do anything to save myself, but I can do something that makes me redeemable Mm. or savable, Mm. right? Like, this is actually why Christ saved me, Mm -hmm. because I'm such a good husband or wife, or because I make so much money, or because I do so much good, contribute to, you know, all these nonprofits and all these things. There's so many things that I do that make me someone who's worthy to be saved. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people might, again, say like, yes, I cannot do it myself. I can't do it. But did God really have a choice? (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) I'm so great that, yeah, like he he saved me. And so in that same way that like, so they're still trying to contribute to that. Mm -hmm. And like, again, this question says, you know, you are not your redeemer. Mm -hmm. There is but one. Mm -hmm. And in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin himself. The answer to this question is so great because every single word of this answer is so meaningful. Yeah. The only Redeemer 
is the Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the eternal Son of God. I mean, yeah. like every single word, you could, it could be like a whole theology, yeah, yeah, thing. And 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 that's where it comes down to is that no, no amount of work that you ever did makes you worthy. Yeah. The only thing is because Christ or your sin, yeah. He paid your penalty. That's why you can have redemption. Right. And it's, again, something where you you just have to kind of meditate on this. Mm. And I think you can easily just read it and just skip over this. Mm. And like you said, but when you really sit on it and you read these words yeah. and intentionally under, like understand the intentionality of these words and yeah. what they're trying to tell you, yeah. then you understand, yeah, that's there's only, only Christ. It could have only been done one way. Yeah. And through one person, yeah, because of these things that are special about him, right? Son of God, eternal, yeah, that he willingly bore, and he home. became man, right? That understanding of there's the only reason why our you know we have any part of this is because Christ became man and was the perfect representative of man, yes, right? And it's just like it's in there, just in that one. One word yeah. or two words like became man, yeah. right? But in that, that has that theological richness Ugh, in you can there. Just unpack and unpack yeah. and unpack. And, and this is why, our you know, friends, those who are listening, this is why theology matters. This is why doctrine matters because I don't think you can get at the richness of this mm. without understanding the theology and the doctrine that are underneath it. Mm. Like I think. I mean, you can read this and it could still bless you and you can still walk away being encouraged and informed. But when you understand the, like the underlying theology, then you can walk away with more appreciation mm. for who Christ is and what he has done. Mm. There's, that, there's a saying that theology should lead to doxology. Mm. And again, if you understand this, it can only but lead you to worship God all the more. Mm -hmm. Amen. When you pray, what's going on? What's going on around you? What are the thoughts that are going through your mind? Because I would say oftentimes, at least for me, I feel rushed, honestly. I feel like I need to get this prayer done with rather than I have set aside a time where I'm just dedicating to the Lord and just offering this prayer and just being able to sit on a prayer, slow down, pause if needed, rather than I need to boom, 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 get these things off a list and be done with it. That's another thing is we don't actually spend that much time thinking about what we're about to pray, right? And, you know, I'm not trying to take any credit away from Tom but, you know, Tom does put in a great amount of effort preparing for these prayers. Well, yeah. But, I mean, my, the, the prayers that I prepare for a corporate setting are not the prayers that I normally give. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's different, right? I mean, I'm sure if you were to think about the prayer that Tom gives on a Sunday, if he prayed that just by himself, it would feel kind of strange. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying it, it would be weird. It's just, yeah, the way that you would talk in front or the way that you would present something would, wouldn't be necessarily the same when you are 
just driving in your car yeah. and you know praying. But it is interesting. I I do think that once I've started preparing those mm-hmm. elder prayers, it has changed my prayer life. Mm. It has evolved how I approach prayer. Yeah. Before my prayers were pretty personal. Yeah. And they were pretty confined to immediate concerns and the scope of it was pretty narrow i think right yeah but i saw that i began to see that there was that there was power and responsibility that can be brought into to prayer mm-hmm. and i began to be more comfortable praying for other people actually yeah you know and to feel like it is right and good for me to solicit god on other people's behalfs mm. and to think myself in the continuum of prayers starting from the Bible mm-hmm. through church history to even now, that you're part of that stream of dialogue with mm. God. And once you sort of feel like, oh, I'm actually part of this conversation that the church has had with God for time immemorial, there's, there, yeah, there's a, a kind of richness mm. and just a profound gratitude to be part of that conversation. Mm. So, yeah, I... You know, it's been good to to prepare those prayers. But having said that, I would I would say that for most of my life, my real obstacle to prayer has been that I've been so frustrated with my prayers mm. <laughs> and the quality of my prayers, yeah. and as you said, the the repetition of my prayers yeah. and and the roteness of uh-huh. my prayers that I it became hard for me to pray at all. Mm. That I sort of felt like, oh, if I myself am not satisfied with my prayers, then God wouldn't be satisfied with my prayers. Ah. And and then at some point I realized God wants to hear from me whether my prayers are stupid or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That even if I say, Lord, this is food. Thank you for it. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know what? That's God's happy with that too. Yeah. You know, if I just say, God, I'm down. Don't know what to do about it. Could use your help right now. Mm. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Great. That's a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then over time, as, as you become more comfortable, yeah. you know, lifting those up and, you know, there is kind of a therapeutic aspect to prayer in that you, you end up being a little bit more in tune with yourself mm-hmm. and your spiritual needs. And I don't want to say that prayer is the same thing as meditation, mm-hmm. but there's a kind of meditative benefit to it in that you end up being a little bit more with it in terms of what's going on with you and what you might need or what is happening yeah and i don't know if any of that made sense but no i i think it does it just even because i I would ask those who are listening when you pray Mm. what's going on what's going on around you what are the thoughts that are going through your mind because I would say oftentimes, at least for me, I feel rushed, honestly. Mm. I feel like I need to get this prayer done with rather than I have set aside a time where I'm just dedicating to the Lord and just offering this prayer. Mm. And just being able to sit on a prayer, slow down, pause if needed, mm. rather than I need to boom, 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 get these things off a list and be done with it. Yeah. And so in that way, I think that can be meditative, right? Like you, you're sitting in silence mm-hmm. 
and you're trying to think and be with God. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's again, it's one of those things where again, if you can rightly recognize who it is that you're speaking with, mm. like it expands the mm. way that you pray because it's you know the thought that comes to mind is you know when Jesus confronts Peter and he's like. Peter, do you love me? And Peter says yes. Mm. And and Jesus says, "Feed my sheep." Mm. Like, think about that. If we love God, if we love Jesus, like, what are we to do? We are to care for and feed His people.、Mm. And then, if we're praying and we just kind of we're oblivious of that,、mm. like, we tend to just think about ourselves and pray about ourselves. But again, if if this God that we love、mm. loves us. But also loves all these others.、Mm-hmm. Then, when we pray, we should naturally also pray for others too.、Mm-hmm. But again, in the busyness of life or whatever it might be, oftentimes, and I'm very guilty of this, like the things that I pray about are just for myself or my immediate family, and I neglect to pray for others. But yes, when you actually can set aside time and pray.、Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the benefit is that you can expand and make it so much broader、mm. because God is so big,、mm. and our prayers make Him so small,、mm. right? Like we can be praying about so much, and yet we request of God so so little, and and that's I think that's what has been said before. It's not that we ask too much of God, but we ask too little of God,、mm. and it just shows. How small God is to us、mm. that we think、oh, this is the only thing that God can handle,、yeah. but He can He can do so much more. And again, like if we can spend more time and just slow down, I think that is what we are allowed to see and understand. If you subscribe to the church's weekly email announcements,、um, you will get. More information about our events for Holy Week, including a link to the devotional from John Piper、uh, that we're offering to get you thinking about and preparing yourselves、uh, for Holy Week. If you don't get that email, you can look for those resources on www.newcityva.org/slash. Holy Dash Week. That's H O L Y hyphen W E E K. So if you go to that link, you'll see that we have a Palm Sunday service coming up,、um, and those are the normal、uh, Sunday service times. We have a Monday Thursday service on April sixth at seven p.m.、Uh, at the church on the first floor. And we also have a Easter Sunday service、uh, at nine and ten forty-five a.m.、Um, Sunday, April ninth, and so、uh, and at if you scroll to the very bottom of the page, you'll see that there is a place for you to put in your email to get、um, a copy of that、uh, devotional from John Piper、um, in preparation for Holy Week. A lot of the psalms kind of follow that format,、yeah. in that you,、uh, many of them 
start with a very raw expression of emotion and saying, God, this is how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. And it might not be positive, (laughs) but just being really raw and honest. But then they develop to a recognition of who God is. It's Mm -hmm. kind of, there's a kind of turn that happens where they then turn to God and say, let me remind myself of who you are and what your promises are. And let me hold on to what I know about you. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's, that's a good way to pray. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good way to pray to just, you know, take times when you are flooded with emotion, maybe spiraling a little bit out of control, maybe having a hard time, overwhelmed and use that moment to really gauge how how you're feeling what you're going through what's going on with you what's really bothering you and talking that out but then turning to god and reminding yourself oh but i remember this is who you are i may not fully you know hold on to it right now lord give me faith let me remember your promises. Let me hold on to your sovereignty. Let me remind myself of your beneficence and your provision in my life. Even if I don't believe it right now, help me in my unbelief. Yeah. You know? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Just and, being uh, able to pray that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And there is something magical in that you know that God is just going to do what is according to his inexorable will. And yet, you also know that when you pray, things happen. Mm -hmm. There's a qualitative difference. And it's not, I don't think you can just say, oh, it's because I see things differently or something's changed in my Mm -hmm. perspective or something. I, I really do think that I don't understand it. It's a complete mystery. But... When you're in prayer, God works in a way that's that's qualitatively different than when you're not in prayer. Again, I think one of the interesting, because when we talk about prayer, there's actually many other theological, you know, ideas and doctrines that kind of pop up, right? Like even sovereignty versus our free will and all these different things. But I remember hearing, you know, hearing this, I forget where it was from, who it was from, but it was, you know, you should pray the thoughts of God. Mm. What are the things that God is concerned with? Mm. What are the things that God desires? Mm. And again, as humans, it eludes us quite often, and we don't really think about how God would think about things. And I don't think we can. But oftentimes, when we actually pray things that God desires— it happens mm-hmm. because God desires those same things. Mm-hmm. It's just oftentimes our will and his will are not in alignment because mm-hmm. what we will is from our sinful hearts mm-hmm. and what God wills is from his holiness. Mm-hmm. And so they often don't align. But when they do align or when you're willing to pray that prayer, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was growing up, I, you know, our family lived in South Carolina. And at that time, my mom had started this clothing business Hmm. i i remember i don't really know how successful it was but i just remember my my mom and my dad they would talk about it and later on they kind of my mom she 
she revealed to us that the business was going exceedingly well mm. at some point, and so well, matter of fact, that it concerned my mom. Okay, this kind of shows you like who my mom is. So she was so she began to be concerned that the success of the business would change her and her relationship with God. Hmm. She was like, if I become too, if we be, become too successful in this business, somehow it will lead me away from God. Hmm. And so she prayed that the business would not do well so that she would, you know, like she wouldn't have that. Your mom sounds like a remarkable woman. And guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens. The the business just kind of fell off. And all sorts of stuff started happening. What did but, your dad think about all this? <laughs> I've never asked him. But yeah, but that's something that my mom prayed for. And it was just one of those things that I think many of us know. And, and this is something even Pastor Paul says all the time. One of his sayings is, money makes people funny. Mm. Right? And I think that's true is that when money is involved, it, it changes us. You know, money changes people, right? It's 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 very hard not to. And I think it was just one of those things where she knew herself very well. Yeah. And so she was fearful of that. She and needed she, to cut off that hand. Yeah. She was like, well, <laughs> God, if that's the case, yeah. then take this wow. away. And God knew, you know, God knowing, yeah. I was like, okay. And so it's, and I remember growing up when my mom told me that, I was like, why, why would you do that? But yeah, it's when you pray the thoughts of God, when mm. you pray after God. Like things happen and it's just when you pray, that's the thing. Do you often pray in a way where you're like, even if this is not what I want, mm. but God, if you, if you, if this is your will, mm. then let it be done mm. and actually mean it mm. because oftentimes you don't want that to happen, whatever it might be. Yeah. So. The Canary Cardboard Cutter. Canary Cardboard Cutter. Yeah. It is a knife that you can hand to your kids. Ooh. <laughs> it's not sharp enough. You, I, I suppose, you know, if they are really intent on it, mm -hmm. they can probably do damage to themselves or, or someone else mm -hmm. if they really wanted to. Yeah. But it's it's got a it's got about the sharpness of a plastic knife maybe not even that uh -huh. it's got serrated edges but they're pretty the, the teeth on those are really tiny uh -huh. and just a light scrape on your skin is uh -huh. not going to hurt at all yeah. it's just going to brush right and so i feel completely comfortable giving them to my kids mm -hmm. even edgar who's five years old and what you can do with them <clears throat> they are designed specifically to cut through cardboard mm. you have to saw at it a little bit it yeah. doesn't cut through cardboard like butter yeah. although the first time you use it uh, it, it feels pretty miraculous yeah. it feels like wow the cardboard really does give yeah. quite well to these to these little uh, cutters to these little knives and it's a great way to get the kids to take cardboard boxes mm. and turn them into whatever they want yeah vehicles hats, shields, whatever they want to make. 
you know mm. give them a bunch of these little cardboard cutters and then and some markers and let their imagination flow free yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah they're kind of like cats, right? Like you can buy, you can give them a whole bunch of toys, but in the end, they're gonna play with the box that it came. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's that's a great way to reuse boxes. Yeah, and it yeah, like creativity. Kids are so inundated with so many other things out there. Yeah, so many kids nowadays. There's so much great technology out there. They often will be on a screen, and so being able to just spend some time creating yeah. and using your hands. I think it's really fun. Yeah. It works that creative juice that, but that might be mean that there's a lot of, a lot of mess, to, mess to clean up as well. Yeah, that's worth it. We pray our discussion was edifying to you, and we'd love to hear any feedback. Mark's email is mark at newcityva.org. Stephen Price provided the music, and you can find more of it at almadogma.bandcamp.com. That's a l m a d o g m a dot bandcamp. We're recording on equipment generously donated by Sonny Kim, and you can find out more about our church at newcityva.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, watch those windows.